and I just had that tiny shred in my head. I thought, you know, maybe I can do this myself. Maybe I don't need to be so drastic with the surgery. And I heard from a friend at the time who knew someone who'd had terrible complications, um, you know, life-threatening complications with this type of surgery. And I know that it's a legitimate solution for a lot of people. Um, it just maybe wasn't for me. And, and so I pulled out of the surgery. Or the few weeks after I thought, you know, what am I going to do? That was my last resort. What, what possibly am I going to do? And I think when I think back, that, that was the time where I really, really committed to myself that I was going to make a change. Support for Slimming Stories is brought to you by Kim, the Colouring Book Coach. Did you know that you can heal your heart and more through colouring and the other fun services Kim offers as a Reiki healer and intuitive? Visit thecoloringbookcoach.com now for your free colouring book and save 15% off any service when you use the code SLIMMINGSTORIES15 in the booking notes when you make your appointment at thecoloringbookcoach.com. That's SLIMMINGSTORIES15 in the booking notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. Thanks for tuning in again today and if you've not subscribed, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast today. And has anybody found a face mask that actually fits and feels comfortable in this heat? It's been so, so hot, really, really hot. I was at Alton Towers at the weekend and it didn't feel comfortable whatsoever. I found the, the blue and white ones kind of don't really fit. And then the cotton ones, it just feels like you're going to choke a little bit. So if you have found a mask that really, really fits and helps you, please DM me and let me know. So I'd love to buy one that feels half comfortable. Now, this week's guest, Selena, comes all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Selena has found that Weight Watchers is a system that she has been able to follow and lose weight perfectly. And the bonus of having lost weight with Weight Watchers is that Oprah Winfrey is a shareholder of Weight Watchers. And during lockdown, Selena was able to do a, a Zoom call with Oprah Winfrey, not just sat listening to Oprah Winfrey, she actually had a one-to-one -one conversation with Oprah Winfrey and I'm just, <laughs> I am so jealous and I don't want to steal Selena's thunder out that but if you go over to her Instagram account there is a bit of a link to her YouTube channel, I didn't ask about it in the podcast, that's for her to tell you how amazing that would have been, I'm sure it was and you know Selena's a star in her own right, she's lost a lot of weight and as well as having lost weight, she's also found a fitness regime that has really, really helped her. She's got a great personal trainer and this, she feels, has, has been the key. Just to be able to challenge her mindset around fitness. You know those days where you just don't want to get up and you want to do the exercise, but you know the, the bed feels so comfy, you don't want to get out of bed. But her personal trainer, Dwayne, has been really, really helpful. And I've put a link to his Instagram account on my show notes. So go over there if you're feeling that you need a bit of a bit of a lift, a bit of inspiration. And, you know, I don't mind tagging people that have been really, really super supportive. And I think Dwayne definitely has for Selena. So are you ready for Selena's story? Is introducing Selena to Slimming Stories. How do you find Weight Watchers? How does that work for you? Um, I really enjoy the program because it's so simple to follow. And it really integrates, I guess, with my lifestyle. And like all of us have really busy lifestyles um, for, you know, whether that's children we're looking after or 
elderly parents or, you know, work or all of those things. <laughs> um, and I just find the program is just so easy. And um, part of that is because, you know, you track your food on an app today and all of the foods that we can buy here, you know, whether that's takeaway or in the supermarkets, you can just scan the barcode on the app and enter the food in if it's in a packet or they just are all listed in there in the app. I get a points allocation per day that I need to, well, I use that as my budget. That's my daily budget. And during the day, I try to focus on whole foods and those foods tend to be zero points with the different plans that Weight Watchers have. So you, if you focused your food choices that day around those zero points foods, you're eating healthy, nutritious, whole foods, which you know ultimately help you lose weight, keep you full. So it's definitely the program for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when you refer to zero points, so are those foods, your vegetables, your fruits? Zero points foods um, on the plan that I'm on are things like lean, uh, so lean meat, so chicken, like boiled eggs, salmon, white fish, some uh, yogurt, like plain Greek yogurt. Those sorts of things are zero points food. So you can base your meals around those items and add in then fruits and vegetables. And you can have a fairly low point, fairly large lunch or dinner with using those foods. So they're a great way to bulk up your mm-hmm. food intake during the day. If, you, if you're focusing on processed foods during the day, obviously you're going to you know, use up your points allocation very quickly not leaving you very full so that's the science behind the zero points i think when i followed weight watchers back in i think it was in the 90s i think um, in fact actually weight watchers are the first diet that i i went on i think i was 14 so as you can imagine i've I've had a a weight issue for quite a while and (laughs) yes that, that was the first first plan that I went to and actually went to a group meeting and I was the only person that lost weight over Christmas when I went back to get weighed did really <laughs> <That's> well <great. laughs> and, and then in my 20s I followed it again and at the, at the time that I followed it there was a system in place where if you did a certain amount of exercise you could eat more food and I was like rubbing my hands together right okay I'm, I'm in here because I used to love to exercise I think often I would go to the gym for three hours so that really worked for me yeah. but then it changed again and I was like I couldn't quite get into that but obviously it's whatever plan works for you so I'm so pleased that you found something that does work for you and what we do have in common is you mentioned when I asked you this little bit of background information that you felt that you've been overweight for most of your adult life and you consider yes. yourself to be a, a yo-yo dieter So if you just want to tell me a little bit more about that and why you feel that is true. Well, I guess I just really resonate with what you just said about being 14 on your first sort of weight loss plan. I feel exactly the same. I think I was a similar age. And I I think as I uh, came into um, my early, you know, teens and um, all the things that happened to kids at that age, I think that's when I started, you know, really gaining a lot of weight looking back, I realized it's probably due to probably hormones, but also, you know, an emotional eating kind of, you know, I guess you can call it a disorder, but it's, you know, a way of coping um, with all the different things that are happening in your life. And um, so I guess that kind of started my yo-yo dieting career. 
<laughs> um, and if you can call it that, it's not something I'm particularly proud of. <laughs> but um, I think um, that just started a, a trend. You know, I, I, I think back to my adult life um, and until quite recently, I've always been trending up or trending down. There's never, like with my weight, there's never been a time that I can remember where I've maintained my weight for any particular length of time. When you think about the stress on the body that that would have created, that's not something that I'm proud of either. But um, yeah, that's, that's definitely my history. And I think, which we'll probably talk about soon, I think it's about a year or 18 months now and I've maintained uh, my weight on the whole. So that's, that's the first time in my adult life where I've maintained wow. um, a weight. Mm. Yeah, and I think when you look back at that time, you know, that young age and I've got stepdaughters and you think about the, the noise that they hear regarding weight loss. Obviously, they know that I do the podcast and all those yes. other things. And, I, you know, I do look back and think, well, actually... I may have been curvy, but I, I don't necessarily think I had a, a big weight problem. But there's so much emphasis on image at yeah. that time. And I think for me, I, I just found myself surrounded by girls that was very, very thin. There were very there were very thin girls. I don't think I was necessarily a lot overweight, but I think I just found myself comparing my body image to the you know yeah. obviously the other girls in my class and there's only one girl that was that was bigger than me and I think when I got to probably 14 or 15 then things did change but I think because I've noticed because I was an early developer if you like one for a better word because I was an early developer I'd noticed at that point that I, I just felt with my body image it just felt so so different so can you relate to that how you oh, felt at that time. I feel, I feel like you, you're telling the same story in my same story. I, I can totally relate to that. And, and I've reflected on that exact thing. And I think when I, and I think Claire, we're a similar age. And I think back to the time where I was in my teens. And I, I just don't think that the media or clothing shops and things like that had the range of sizes or the range of images to help people who might look not terribly overweight, but just a little bit curvier, like you say, than, than everybody else. There was just, I, could, I remember not being able to find any clothes that were fashionable to fit me um, in any of the shops. Um, my mum had to make me clothes. And, you know, even that, you think about your confidence as a, as a 13 or 14 year old girl, those sorts of things, you know, knock your yeah. confidence too, because you don't feel part of the gang and you don't feel sort of the same as everybody else wearing the same things from the fashionable shops. So I, I totally can relate to, to that. I feel like that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> I, th I think things are changing now and mm. there seems to be more of an, an acceptance for curvy girls. And often I feel that there's quite a, an extreme from one to the other. There's like the body confidence and the body confidence movement. and girls are proud mm -hmm. of the, the curves and then there's the other end where it can be extreme focus on you know you get girls standing a certain way so they look thinner or they, they tilt the legs a certain way to look thinner and it's yeah. you know it's, it's still there isn't it and I'm so glad that 
I went through my teens when I did and not now when there's it's, everything's on social media with yeah. Instagram and all the other things. It's just, yes, it's, it's a little bit scary. So going from the point of, of being at school and, and feeling these, these changes and these differences and not getting the clothes to fit and not feeling kind of that you, you fit in. How did your weight affect you going on from your teenage years? Um, quite a bit, I guess. When I think back, again, reflecting on that time, it probably changed how I then studied at school. I, I tended to be a bit shy and I didn't um, seek out perhaps, you know, sport and things like that, especially I'm thinking about high school. So, you know, I studied a lot at lunchtimes in the library. And as a result, I mean, I think back and I'm grateful for that because I was a relatively good student. <laughs> and um, I, I think that those things had an impact though, because had I been maybe slimmer, maybe I was more confident, maybe I was more popular, maybe I wouldn't have been a very good student. And I think now as an adult, I look back and I'm grateful for that, you know, maybe it's helped me get better employment and, and those sorts of things. So I try to always look back and think whilst it might've been terrible at the time in your younger self, it did create other avenues for me to definitely. Uh, do other things. <laughs> yes, definitely. So how was your food and your eating during your, your late teens and early twenties? Is this something that you felt that you had to go with the family to eat what they was eating or did you, lead an independent life quite early on did you choose what you ate or was it more of a case of you had to go with what the family were eating at that time uh, I moved out of home quite young I guess in today's comparison I, I moved out of home when I was 18 and I think I think back and I did have a lot of choice of what I ate um, even in the few years between sort of 16 and 18 before I left home I, I did, tended to do my own thing so it was okay in my family to do that I sort of made my own things but I was following a, you know a weight loss plan you know really since since 14 so I was always the one you know steaming vegetables trying to you know, eating fruit when other people were eating something delicious. <laughs> mm. um, so I felt like I was always doing something different to others in my family. And then when I moved out of home, I guess that was, you know, a tricky time because, you know, suddenly I was in charge of what I was eating and I probably gained, you know, quite a bit of weight over the time of moving, you know, after I moved out because, you know, it's difficult to, and I didn't really understand nutrition or, why it's important to get your vegetables and how that affects you and and things like that so yeah i think i then gained a bit yeah after moving mm. it's nice to have that independence and to have that choice but it can be can be tricky as well can it just to, to make make the wise choices and i i too left home when i was 18 to go away and study and at that time money was very tight and i was on a student grant yeah it was the case of the student grant didn't cover my rent so yeah it was wow very, money was very very tight and I can remember buying this bag of mints goodness knows how much this mints cost but it was like the cheapest ever mints uh, and I yeah. kept it in the freezer and I would make this like tomato based sauce from this this mints and just have that with pasta and have that continuous and I was very mindful because you know I didn't have, have a lot of support financially so I was very mindful compared to my friends 
that spent lots yes. of money on alcohol and other things uh, yes. about about <laughs> about the money and and just making making things stretch and even at a young age i would bulk cook because i i was very mindful of, of like not not wasting things and then that allowed me to have a bit of a bit of time to spend money on pleasure and going out and uh, having nice clothes too if i could if i could be mindful around the food then i could spend the money yeah. on, on going out and make it make sure i had a, a decent student life if you like so as a <laughs> student how did you how do you find that compared to to your friends and and being on on a diet was you still on a diet when you was when you were studying um, I actually, I didn't study. I, I moved out of home and got a full-time job and I didn't, I didn't go to university um, straight from school. So I was sort of shoved right into adulthood <laughs> straight oh. away. So I sort of met a group of girls, women in my job um, and they were a bit older than me. So I felt sort of older than my years probably yes. sort of fairly straight away and you know that shaped me to a certain extent as well and did you find yourself being active during this time no um you know activity in terms of well even structured you know gym walking didn't come till quite later on i just never really grew up playing sport or being an active person or or anything like that so i just didn't really do anything i think i went on a few walks oh. here and there in those early 20 you know 20s but i didn't you know i didn't really go to gyms i didn't really understand how it worked or anything like that i've come right. quite late to exercise in my life <laughs> oh bless you so you've you've lost four stone four pounds you've lost which is 28 kilograms and that is a great amount of weight to lose so at what point did you feel before that weight loss that something needed to change how long did it take you to make the choice and make those changes that, that resulted in that weight loss well I, I sort of think about it in two parts Claire I, th I think there's a part of um, the, a part of that story which is the lead up to making a decision to make a change um, you know and a number of things happened to me in that lead up you know, I had some family illness. I had illness of my own. I had a back injury and surgery. I had terrible migraines um, that were just debilitating. I had migraines that would come on every sort of few days. It, it was a very awful time. I remember thinking, how am I going to live a full life and work and things like that? It was inhibiting going to work and things like that. So I had a few things in that lead up and I'd, you know, got over my back surgery and I was trying to rehabilitate, you know, by, by doing some yoga and some Pilates and things like that. But nothing was really, you know, my back was still sore and I, mm. you know, nothing quite working. I didn't feel right. Um, you know, I was pretty heavy as I was about 130 kilograms. So it was very high weight, you know, my knees and my joints were sore during the sort of migraines. And, you know, that time i I made a decision to get weight loss surgery, which is the gastric, uh, not gastric bypass, the gastric sleeve surgery. Right. Yes. And I booked in with a surgeon and I'd done all of the pre-operation medical appointments and, you know, the pre-operation diet that you have to do. And I got to about a week before the surgery date and I'd lost, uh, I'd been on the pre-operation diet and I'd, you know, I'd, I think I lost about eight kilograms, 
which is, you know, a fairly significant amount in that pre-operation phase. And I just had that tiny shred in my head. I thought, you know, maybe I can do this myself. Maybe I don't need to be so drastic with the surgery. And I heard from a friend at the time who knew someone who'd had terrible complications, um, you know, life-threatening complications with this type of surgery. And I know that it's a legitimate solution for a lot of people. Um, it just maybe wasn't for me. And, and so I pulled out of the surgery. Right. And I remember, the, yeah, the week after or the few weeks after, I thought, you know, what am I going to do? That was my last resort. What, what possibly am I going to do? And I think when I think back, that, that was the time where I really, really committed to myself that I was going to make a change. Yeah, so that's the part one. <laughs> and I think part two was, you know, definitely joining Weight Watchers and finding a personal trainer. And I think the combination of the Weight Watchers program, my coach, you know, I went to see at my workshops with Weight Watchers and my personal trainer, I finally had a system that was really, really supportive. And that was, I think, the main ingredients to me making right. such a, a change. Mm. So just to unpick a little bit what you said about mm. the, the surgery, my understanding is that for any of the surgery, any of the weight loss surgery, that it's not a case of booking in the surgery, you have to have like a psychological assessment just to make sure yes. that you're in a place to receive this surgery and that you're in a I guess a sound mind and, and state and that they're not dealing with somebody that may have extreme vulnerabilities and that you know everything is, yes. is sound before the procedure takes place so did you uncover anything through that process that made you think differently about your weight and if you could actually make the change yourself well yes and I think what I realized is uh, I think the missing ingredient was just confidence and commitment to myself um, I think you know those appointments like you say yes I did have those psychological appointments pre-surgery and I realized that you know I did actually know about nutrition and I did know that good old-fashioned exercise and good food and working on working on why I emotionally eat so that ingredient which is you know that that's hard for a lot of people and it was hard for me to unpick and go deep and think why do I eat when I'm sad why do I eat when I'm you know upset that why is that my go-to way of coping in life and I was really prepared I think post-surgery to say to myself let's go there let's find out what is behind that so that I can try and heal myself and I think that was an incredibly powerful time is that the one and only time that you'd ever received any sort of specific therapy in relation to your weight no, I did have um, two more times in my life. Previously, I was in my 20s and then again, probably in my mid-30s. Um, I'm 43 now, so um, I had sought some help. I didn't find a particular connection with the people, that, that the psychologists that I sought help from at the time. But over the years, I think getting closer to 40, I became a lot more aware, self-aware mm. and a lot more reflective. So I, I think I was in a better place to really go to the place deep inside, which yeah. is 
where the causes are and I was prepared to do that work. And I think at the previous times in my life where I'd sought that help, I probably wasn't quite prepared to go to that place. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about working with a good therapist, a therapist that you feel comfortable with. Because if you don't make that connection, then it's very hard to to work with a therapist because you have to be really vulnerable, you have to be really open and you have to be willing to go deep don't you so can you talk us through a little bit about the work that you did not the specifics but the actual work or the challenges that we were given to you to try and get your thoughts around food to go deeper yes absolutely so um a lot of it seems quite simple but i think when you are prepared to be reflective and look at your sort of history i think part of it comes down to really the first time that you chose to overeat you know that that can be a very long time ago and i think that was part of that unlocking that you need to do is is to understand you know what what were your challenges whether that was as a child or a young a young teenager when did you decide to overeat and what was happening to you at the time so for me i grew up in a house where sort of there was a bit of uncertainty you know a fair bit of control and things like that and that was probably my way of exerting a little bit of control or comfort to myself mm. and i think for my, me personally, when it comes to emotional eating, um, self-comfort and self-soothing is at the base of my sort of that pattern of behaviour. So when I um, started journaling, which is one of the key ways that I've you know, done the work, I guess, is to understand that I need comfort. So where else can I get that comfort? So that, that's been, you know, a journey as well is to, in that moment of I need to eat some chips or some chocolate, what, what else can I do to comfort myself right now? Mm. Um, that, that's part of it, but also what's wrong. So asking myself, okay, I'm thinking about chocolate. So, te- you know, asking myself, what is wrong right now? Is there anything that we can, you know, do in, in my head, I mean, um, yeah. to think about what, what is wrong and how can we get to the bottom of that first yeah yes and I think a lot of the times I don't know if I've explained that right (laughs) no that's very that's very clear but a lot of the times that we have actions as adults but we're actually dealing with a child beneath beneath all this and so when I did my counseling psychotherapy working with the clients often you would have to bring in the eight-year-old child and try and address what the needs were of that that child because often they would arise within these situations and then offering that that comfort to that child and, and knowing what you can bring to to soothe instead instead of the food and and journaling like you've rightly said is is a fantastic fantastic tool and without even understanding journaling I used to keep a diary from a very very young age and this is something that I've really I've I've always enjoyed but more so probably in the last two two to three years I don't know if you've read the artist way Um, I'll put a link to the to this in my show notes but that's a really really good book and it challenges you just to look a bit deeper and challenge the thoughts but one thing that is really interesting about that book is it asks you to set aside 
10 minutes in the morning literally you, you know you, you wake up you go downstairs before you shower before you do anything and just get out a pen um a journal and then write for the first two pages or so and not even to think and even if the the writing looks illegible not to worry just, just basically it's like um it's almost like a brain a brain dump that you're getting everything out of your head onto paper mm. to start the day it really it sounds like something very similar to what i do now which is which is every morning i do a small ritual which is i have a diary which is a page a page a day so right, yeah. for the date that you're on um and i write down each morning an affirmation of where i'd like to direct my energy and focus today so before I uh, joined you this morning, I wrote wrote down because we I don't know if you know we're in lockdown here in Melbourne from tonight um, due to the yes. COVID nineteen um, for six weeks. So you know right. it's a it's a tumultuous time and it's difficult. And you know one of the things that's important to me today is to just go gently. You know go gently today, and that's an affirmation I write each morning, and I set that time aside to do that each day and it's amazing what comes up some some funny things come yeah. out sometimes when you're writing that down but it's very powerful definitely definitely and we live in a an environment that we're kind of like bombarded with information constantly aren't we? you know we, we look on social media we're scrolling we're scrolling and liking and doing all those things and then we put the tv on and it's it's noise and often yeah. it's very very negative and yes. I think with, with journaling and actually focusing your energy and focusing your thoughts and, and making an effort just to focus on something positive. And it doesn't have to be that, you know, you're skipping around, you know, no. like a Bambi all day. It's literally just, okay, <laughs> let's, set the, let's set the good intentions for the day. Yeah. And one of those good intentions could just be that you will challenge the negative thoughts that, that come through and I'm so pleased that you found journaling to be helpful because I absolutely love it I'm surrounded at the moment in my office with books and journals you could probably sell yeah. them and get lots of money for them with the stuff that's in those journals <laughs> hopefully Me people won't be able to read it it'll be too scruffy and uh, illegible let's hope <laughs> <laughs> so from the point that you'd receive the I guess the voice within that you didn't need to have this surgery and you explained that you, you joined Weight Watchers and you received a personal trainer. How did you find a personal trainer in regards to changing your mindset in relation to fitness and helping you to move forward with your slimming journey? That's a really, really good question. I think um, the personal trainer that I was referred to through a friend, you know, I think back and I was so lucky to be you know seeing someone who had such great support for me um, and I remember saying to him our first session together when I you know I couldn't barely do anything yet I was still so new after my surgery and uh, sorry my you know my back surgery and I was trying to rehabilitate um, he said to me you know we'll just we'll just go gently and I said to him please don't I just don't want to hurt my back and I'm scared mm -hmm. of hurting my back again and you know I worry that these exercises will do that and he promised me then that day that he wouldn't ever you know compromise my you know back and that we would work together and things like that and I just felt like that commitment from him he's a genuine very kind person um, and he just 
believed in me. And I think that's really the ingredient that perhaps other attempts in the past with personal trainers or ex, you know, any sort of formal exercise, I just, I just never felt a connection with someone. Mm. And he just gave me that support and he knew that I was on a quest to lose weight um, and, you know, there's a lot of mind battles that you do. It's simply, it's not just tracking food and doing the exercise and the, the rest is easy. It's, you know, you're battling with confidence, you're battling with self-belief and things like that. So I remember going to his, you know, we'd have our one-on-one personal training each week and we'd use that. He'd say, we call it like our mindset resets. We would talk throughout doing the exercises about how I feel um, about how I can shift my my thinking around my confidence and around my self belief, and he taught me some tools that I use to this day um, about shifting your thinking from I can't do it um, or I don't feel like doing it, and how to switch your thinking to just getting it done, um, but still being kind to yourself. So I mean, I learned some amazing my set shifts from him um and i still i i see the same personal trainer today so he's oh, at, brilliant. At my key ingredient <laughs> that's great and it seems that you met a fantastic time where you'd made that choice that actually i can do this and then here was his personal trainer saying yes you are going to do this and i'm going to help support you it, it just yep. felt that that was, that was a, a, a great connection so with this mindfulness can you just share a little piece about that, about the challenges that he gives you? So when you have gone for your workout and maybe you've not been feeling the best, maybe if you've been feeling a bit, a bit low, what kind of challenges has he given you to make you see that actually you can do this, you can get through those, those darker times? Well, I hope I'm going to explain this right, but um, I'll give it a go. So one of the things that he taught me is about the power of commitment to yourself. So what that means is when you decide, when you are in your head, you're planning, you know, say it's tomorrow's workout and tomorrow's food. You've, You've made a plan in your head, rough plan, that you're going to eat well and you're going to exercise tomorrow. When he, he says to me, once you've made that commitment in your head, pretend that it's good as done. So you've, you've made a commitment, you've made a plan, it's as good as done. So when tomorrow, when you wake up tomorrow, you don't think about it, you don't negotiate with yourself, you don't give yourself excuses because you've already decided it's happening. Mm. So you just get up and you do it. There's no negotiation. There's no excuse making. And I think that's one of the things that I was constantly doing in my old sort of mindset is negotiating with myself. I'd make a commitment to do something and then I'd think, oh, I'm tired today or I don't feel like it today because, you know, inevitably none of us feel like sometimes going to the gym or (laughs) eating right. So that's one of the techniques it's and he would remind me of it you know constantly throughout those early sessions is you know but you've already decided that you've made a commitment to do better with your food and your exercise it's as good as done you just have to get up and do it so I have a strong connection with that technique now Um, I get up and just do it and I don't I've sort of really left that whole excuse making and things like that behind. And I think it would be a fairly 
you know, a, an illness or something like a cold or, or something like that that would stop me. Otherwise, if I don't feel like it, I go anyway. Oh, that's fantastic. And I think sometimes when you start a healthy eating regime or, a, you know, have great intentions for your fitness and then maybe the first month or two, you kind of, the intentions kind of get a bit, bit faint and a bit blurry and all of a sudden you know you're not quite clear on on what you actually decided to do two months ago and then you find yourself self-sabotaging I guess with with what you've just explained it's almost a case of you've set your intention the intention is now written and you follow that written word you don't deviate from from that road or that intention because you've you've made that choice haven't you yeah, and I, I think the, the follow-on from that technique is really about commitment to yourself. And if you sort of, if you think about our commitments, you know, if we'd promised a family member to go and pick something up or go and pick them up for an appointment or something, we would keep that commitment. We would do that. But when it comes to a commitment to ourselves, we tend to think that they're always negotiable. Now, we wouldn't let down a family member, so why are we letting down ourselves? Um, and mm. I try and sort of always think like that, that I'm just as an important person in life as my husband or, you know, my family and their needs. So, you know, why should I not keep that commitment to myself? Definitely. And how has this impacted your relationships with your family and your husband obviously they've seen you throughout the years going through your weight loss struggles and your weight gains and the loss and then the gains are yo-yoing. How has that affected those relationships? Oh, I think absolutely for the positive because that same mindset about committing to myself and carrying through those commitments, I apply the same thinking to my relationships. You can't adopt one way of thinking just about diet and exercise without it really permeating through everything in your life. And I actually, I actually think that my commitments to my husband in terms of, you know, just conducting our regular day-to-day lives, those things have become ingrained there too. So when I say I'm going to do something, you know, I do it. And that's, Mm. that's something that, you know, strengthens a relationship because I think you become more reliable and things like that. And I also think with friendships too, I, I hope, I, well, I know, I think a few people may have sort of looked at my journey and been a little bit inspired and for themselves and to start an exercise program where they perhaps haven't, you know, tried something like that before. So that's been nice to see too, like just oh, to brilliant. see that a couple of friends join in on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. From somebody that didn't do any exercise, you're now working out with a, a personal trainer what kind of exercises do you do? Do you go to the gym or do you run? Just want to tell me a little bit about that. Mostly it's gym work. So weights, lifting weights um, with various programs at the gym. It's functional training. So, you know, doing squats, doing lunges, you know, lots of weighted lunges and things like that. That's sort of the basis of my training. I also do some, you know, cardio equipment at the gym, like the rower, and treadmill and you know those kinds of equipment as well um but most of them are class-based so you know they're my weights class or a yeah a cardio class or something like that I also walk with my husband 
regularly. So that's sort of part of what we do as well. But that's a good, just a way to kind of connect with each other, chat about the day and we both love nature. So, yeah. Do you live in a gorgeous part of the world where you are? Is it lots of lovely walks and things? Yeah, we're pretty lucky, I have to say. I feel very grateful for where we live. It's very natural and naturally beautiful and I live near the sea. So um, along the... The beach is a beautiful walk as well. It's lovely. Oh yeah. Very jealous. Very, very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to hear that, you know, you, you've, you've changed your habits and you, it feels to me like you've really broken the cycle of, of yo-yo dieting. If you could give one piece of advice to anybody that is struggling, breaking that cycle, what would it be? A hundred percent. If I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I've had years and years and years of that same cycle. And I was at my wits end of frustration of how to break it. And I just thought I was a lost cause. And, you know, no one is a lost cause. But I think the best piece of advice is the willingness to work with yourself. And whether that's with a psychologist with a journal, you know, you don't have to spend big money on psychologist appointments or anything like that. Just be willing to maybe, you know, look into some resources like podcasts like yours, or, you know, just listen to various things that are free um, to just start to work through some of the things that you think might be happening for you. Everybody is different as to why they're overweight. And for me, you know, 100%, it was emotional emotional eating at the core so I knew that that was the the place to start but the other piece of advice I would give is just start sometimes I got so caught up in my head about oh I need to go deeper and find the answer first and then I'll have the secret and then I'll be able to lose weight Mm. it kind of doesn't work like that sometimes you have to start doing something first then the awareness comes and then the the ability to go deeper comes. So I would say just start somewhere. You're never a lost cause, just start somewhere. (laughs) Definitely, great advice. I think sometimes we kind of look for that perfect moment and that perfect experience and that perfect emotion and that perfect light bulb moment. Sometimes, you know, know, life isn't like that, is it? (laughs) Everyone has the challenges. (laughs) Life can be up and down emotionally and all the rest of it. And it's just, yeah, you're right, just about starting and yeah i really do appreciate your time if anybody would like to follow you on instagram where can they find you they can find me at transforming cell which is all one word on instagram um and i share lots of my workouts walking and food all my recipes (laughs) and things like that um so transforming cell on instagram and i'd love to have some follows that'd be terrific yeah, and I'll put the notes in the show notes as well on iTunes and uh, Podbean and Spotify, but wherever you listen, if you if you look to the show notes, I'll I'll put a link there too. Thank you so much, Selena, for joining me today. Uh, are you going to go back to bed and get some more sleep? <laughs> no, I'm going to be one of those crazy people and go to the gym this morning because, as I said, we're lo- in lockdown now from this evening. Okay. So this morning will be my last gym class I'm allowed right. to go to. The next six weeks, oh bless you! We'll have a great time. I'm uh, off to bed very shortly, <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. I really hope this episode has been inspiring for you. I've had probably, I would say, probably one of the worst weeks of the year this week, 
and listening back to the podcast and having to edit this and listen to Selena, you know, it's just really motivated me again to do something and just to get in a, a decent mindset. And there's so many things that we can do. And, you know, journaling in particular is, is a godsend to me. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed, that's something that I can do. And it's something that everybody can do. If you're feeling in a rut, maybe you don't feel confident enough to go to the gym, although I know some gyms are opening the doors. Maybe online training is something that you could consider. And just like Selena's trainer, they offer that. And there's loads of things that is offered online where you can still stay at home and you can still work towards your fitness goals. So wishing you a fantastic week, sending you big hugs, because it's still a little bit uncertain out there, isn't it? I know that certain parts of the country have gone back into lockdown, and I don't want to drag on and get into a negative speech about lockdown. But, you know, it's there, isn't it? Let's not avoid the fact that this is still this is still a hard thing that we're having to deal with. So while we're having to deal with that, let's just choose something that we can do just to get us into a positive mindset. And it might not be that we're going to see the scales going down and we're going to see the pounds coming off but let's just be kind to ourselves you know we really need to be kind to ourselves it's just an odd time and there's no point beating ourselves up because it's not a normal time is it let's be let's be frank about this this is not a normal time you know you know if somebody would have written this down and said right in 2020 claire this is what's going to happen you would not believe it would you you know it really is really weird time so just be kind to yourself and until next time you take care